With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Live from MMA Fighting Studios, this is Between the Links. And now, your host, Mike Heck. Yes, indeed, the iconic voice of Esther Lynn welcomes you to a brand new edition of Between the Links. Thanks for checking out the show this week. We enter a rare weekend off for all the major MMA promotions, but there's still a lot to discuss this week. I will just preface this right off the bat by saying I've fallen a little bit ill. My voice is uh, not where it once was, so I'm going to be struggling a little bit. Please deal with it. If I squawk or squeak a little bit or if I cough into the microphone, I'm going to do the best I can to to battle through this thing because we have ourselves a little bit of a grudge match, if you will. We're coming off the tag team extravaganza last week on the program, but we have ourselves a, a one-on-one matchup, a rematch. Friends become enemies, enemies become friends, lots of storylines. So let's introduce the competitors first, a gentleman that is ready to continue on the road to proving to the world that he belongs in the virtual BTL arena, that he can one day become a champion himself. Let us say hello once again to the Prince of Positivity, Alex K. Lee, my best friend. How are you? Mm, that intro music. Tur- turn my headphones up. Mm, this... This will not stay this way for long, my friends. This is, I am doing great, my best friend. Thank you for asking. This, I'm going to feel even better after, no, th- no, this, this. <laughs> nope, this one, nope, this one, hit. Ha! Ha! Uh, after that number changes there on the left. I feel real good about it. There you go. And back once again, coming off his victory last week, the winningest player in the history of this program, multi-time BTL champion, multi-time Defending interim BTL champion and one half of the inaugural BTL <laughs> tag team champions of the world. After he and Fernanda Prachis got the victory over Sean Alshadi and Jose Young's last week on the show, also from MMAfighting.com, Mr. Jed Mishu. Happy Thursday, my friend. There's only one place you could be at this hour. 
There is, and I'm so glad that you decided to pick AK because part of me, when I said the answer that won the inaugural BTL Tag Team Champions last week, part of me was just thinking about twisting the knife on AK for his use of Kamar Usman in the worst possible way. I just showed my class and my skill level by taking Usman and just turning him and myself as a result into yet another champion. So I'm really glad to have AK here to uh, laugh at him for his inability to do what I can do. That was like the nicest shade I've ever heard in my entire life. It was so calm, cool, and collected. AK, do you have a rebuttal before we get into the MMA debating? Uh, I don't watch any episodes that Jed is on, so I have no idea what he's talking <laughs> I, uh, I have You've listen, never seen I, this program. Is listen, what you're telling me. <laughs> I, when Jed is not featured, Mike, I love the show. When I see those three letters... When I see J E D in that headline, I'm just like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can deal with this. So uh, whatever Jed said, I'm sure he's right. But uh, whatever he says today, he's going to be wrong. He's facing off with this guy. So it's good to know you've watched like this four this episodes. Look at that, and the ones Bill I'm on, Co- and the ones I'm on, I guess. Yes, Jose Young's is, uh, Bill Cosby sweater is back in our lives. So let us kick things off because we could talk about. The banter between you guys for a long time. But let's begin with some news that I and probably everybody hearing the sound of my voice did not expect to hear earlier this week. We have ourselves a heavyweight title fight on August 7th in the main event of UFC 265, but it does not involve the current reigning heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou, Derek Lewis, and Cyril Gan, who just got a win in the main event of UFC Vegas 30 this past Saturday against Alexander Volkov. They're going to meet for an interim heavyweight title in Houston. So, AK, I want to know what your reaction to this piece of business is, especially since it appears from all accounts that the plan was to book Ngannou versus Lewis on September 25th. And let me add a little caveat to this, AK, okay? Because I talked to Cyril Gan like two hours ago. He told me that this fight was on the table before he fought Alexander Volkov. He said before he stepped into the cage, even the day before that, this was an idea. This was something. They basically said, like, do your job, get a win, and you're going to be in the spot. What is your reaction to all of this right now? I mean, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. I, I think they've been trying to figure out how to screw John Jones and screw Francis Ngannou, you know, since whenever these discussions start. I mean, it's this the this Ngannou Jones uh, and, and all the pay discussion, all that, this has been going on for, it feels like a year now. Uh, I, I know at least it's been talked for a year, but the, the meat of it, uh, has sort of been going on for, I guess, maybe the past six, seven months. So that does not surprise me at all. Uh, say what you want about the UFC. I do think they have a plan, uh, a contingency plan when it comes to these sort of things. So, I mean, good for them, you know, for giving us the heavyweight championship match that we all wanted. Derek Lewis versus Studio Gan. I mean, this is people are just knocking the doors down for it uh, after Gan's last two performances uh, and and after, you know, Lewis's most recent win so uh, yeah look they, they 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 really have their their hand on the pulse of the like it's just it's just stupid it's just stupid i'm sorry i hate to no i'm sorry i guys you know i don't like to use that kind of language i apologize for all the all of our young listeners out there this is dumb i i don't if this is i don't know why it would still be a thing i would imagine most of our listeners viewers are too smart to ever like follow the narrative, but I'd never want to hear this stuff. Oh, the UFC, oh, they'll do everything, everything they can to put together the best fights. They'll bend over to that's I mean, it hasn't been true forever. It's certainly not true now. This is this is the the quintessential example of this not being true. 
And I'm not saying UFC doesn't put on, on average, the best fights in the world. No question. No question. That's, uh, that is indisputable. If you take every year, if you look at the, whatever, the top 50 fights in, in, in MMA, 35, 36, like minimum, will probably be in the UFC. All right? That's just, okay, that's, I, I acknowledge this. But again, that's a matter of, of just how talented this roster is, right? Like you, 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 there's some of these divisions you could throw, you know, throw a dart at two random names. You're getting a fight of the night candidate. That's just how it is. It's just how, you know, they have all the talent. But when it comes to booking these big matchups, man, they play around a lot. They trifle. They trifle, as the kids say. And uh, in this case, this was clearly an example. I, I, again, Mike, as you just said, that, that they had this planned all along. They are t- completely ready to move on. From something that does that's just not convenient or cost effective for them to book, and and, and in Ganu uh, John Jones, and apparently even Ganu Derek Lewis was a bridge too far. Um, so so, and we know publicly from what they've been saying that has something to do with their scheduling too. There's there's this battle of wills that's going on, and 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 I don't like it. I understand it, but I don't like it. So uh, I, I I I I hate that this becomes such a negative thing for uh, Derek Lewis and Cedar Gan because if the fight had just been made like a non inter, you don't you don't put. Don't put the interim title fight on it. People would think it's a cool matchup, right? It, they'd be a little surprised. They'd be like, what the hell happened to the Ngannou Lewis fight? But now you've almost put this thing on them where whoever wins the belt, people are just going to make fun of it. I mean, I'll be happy forever, but the reaction is not going to be what they're hoping for, I don't think. And uh, I don't know. Like, I, again, I say it's just frustrating to see. And and I, I don't think the UFC is going to learn anything from it. I don't think the fans who support the UFC are going to care. I think they're just going to just gonna move on from it. But I want people to care, Mike. That's... I want them to learn from this and I want them to care and I want them to know these fights don't happen because of Dana White, Hunter Campbell, the UFC, all these guys. So it's frustrating. Jed, what do you make of this? Because I've gotten to hear many sides of this saga, one of which, as I just mentioned, from Cyril Ghosn. The other was from Eric Nixick, the head coach of Francis Ngannou, who basically was told by Francis Ngannou's manager, hey, does September 25th work for you to get Francis ready for this fight? Because this is what we're going with. That's what, what the plan was. They were going to do Ngannou versus Lewis on September 25th, and then they just pivoted last minute right before the main event of UFC Vegas 30, and now we got this interim title fight on August 7th. What is your reaction to all of this? So, in principle, I agree a lot with what AK said. Uh, a lot of it's dumb, not super. It's just kind of dumb and whatever, and there's definitely some portion of this, which is them playing hardball uh, because Ngannou – has been vocal about thinking that he's underpaid because he is underpaid. Uh, and, you know, I, I think really, though, honestly, like the simplest explanation is usually the right one. And I know that many people view the simple explanation here being, well, Dana's just trying to stick it to them. But actually, there's a much more simple explanation. And it is they looked at their uh, upcoming fight cards and realized that uh, UFC 265 needs a headliner. And for all you people out there saying, well, Amanda Nunes is, is fighting Juliana Pena. Amanda Nunes is not a – she's not a UFC headliner. That's just facts. Um, she is the greatest female fighter of all time. She's the top pound-for-pound female fighter currently. She is a dominant champion and a wonderful individual who cannot draw any numbers. Like, she is ironically part of two of the biggest UFC pay-per-views ever uh, – at UFC 200 and uh, fighting Ronda Rousey at, I don't remember what that was off the top of my head, 207. Um, those were two huge pay-per-views in which she main evented. 
but she wasn't supposed to really main event 200. That happened last minute, and 200 was always going to sell. And Ronda Rousey obviously sold the pay-per-views. Anything else that she has main evented on uh, has done 100, 100K or less. Like, she's just not a main event fighter. Uh, and that's at least from a, a fiscal standpoint. And so they were probably looking at their schedule and go, Francis is being playing a little bit of hardball and we're not super, uh, this is whatever. And we need something here for this. Okay. Well, Derek Lewis will draw a big crowd and probably do pretty well in Houston. Okay. We can't make him a main event over Amanda Nunes. That's insane. The only way we can make him be a main event would be an interim title match or a heavyweight title match. And Francis isn't going to say yes to this. So Ghana, Ghana will. And that's where we are. Like, I, I think that's a simple explanation uh, because they run this fight back and they don't lose Francis Ngannou as a main event. Like, Francis wasn't going to compete at this date. Okay, well, we can push Francis back to October and Francis can fight the winner of this person. Like, that's pretty – it just seems pretty easy. And from a business standpoint, I think that's exactly what happened. And, yeah, they were a little quicker to say, let's go ahead and do this because – Nobody was super stoked on Ngannou Lewis. Um, like people were going to watch it, but that fight was awful the first time around. And there's still the sense of John Jones. And so they were just like, eh, yeah, we can maybe stick it to Francis a little bit and let kind of check him, let him know who's actually running the show. It's not him. The belt is actually more of a hindrance to his career uh, than it is helping in a lot of ways. And so let's just, let's set our level with him a little bit and still get to do a lot of the things we want to do. So I think that's what happened. That sucks. Don't get me wrong. Everything I said is awful in almost every aspect, but I think it's that. And that's the world we live in, man. Like if you guys don't like it, figure out a way for fighters to either get the Ali act, which comes with its own bag of problems or friggin' unionize, man. Cause otherwise this is the shit we deal with on a daily basis. So Jed, you, thank you. You, uh, you feel like this is just kind of X's and O's. Francis just pushing back a couple months. He gets the winner. It's just basically a number one contenders fight more than anything. But I'm curious where this leaves John Jones. Like, and, and I'm also wondering if there's actually a silver lining to be found here. Like, is it possible that we could be staring down the barrel at the UFC actually giving us the fight everybody wanted to begin with? Or is this all just a big, not a screw you to Francis, potentially a screw you to John Jones, but is like, is there a chance that behind the scenes, the UFC has gotten in a room with John Jones and his advisor and they have locked him down because they're going to lock John down before they lock anybody else down and no one's going to know about it. No. Uh, was that me or AK? Sorry. AK's That's picture showed up. So it's like, I thought that was me. <laughs> Uh, production issues. <laughs> um, uh, no, I don't. I, we talked about this before. I don't think signing Richard Schaefer did shit for John Jones. I don't think Richard Schaefer is going to magically make Dana White want to make less money. Uh, and Dana White holds all the cards here. <laughs> like, so, no, like, unless John Jones's price has dropped, he's not going to say yes. And especially like right now, he probably can't. Like, if John Jones just comes out and says, okay, yeah for the same amount of money. Cause that's what he's going to be offered. Cause he is under contract. Like that feels like a loss for him. And I just don't think he would ever do it. I think he's going to sit on the sidelines for a year. Uh, and if not, this is this extra time doesn't get us anywhere. This is just 
level setting Francis Ngannou, letting him know who's the boss, and still getting to have their cake and eat it too. And at the end of this, we're going to get Ngannou versus the winner of Ghana Lewis probably in October. Hell, maybe still run that back in September, just quick turnaround or whatever. Um, because both Ghana and Lewis probably would be into doing that. So we'll see what happens. But no, I have no expectation John Jones uh, fights this year because the only way he fights this year is if he gets okay with taking a lot less money. And he seems really not okay with that right now. What do you think, AK? What, what, on a scale of one to 10, what do you think the chances are that my silver lining, my ha- glass half full thoughts and, and hopes actually come to reality? First of all, I hate to be a stickler about this. Jed, it is, it is gone. It is Cyril gone. Cyril gone. My apologies, Cyril. Cyril gone. Mon dieu. Oh, okay. Anyway, give me a headache. I I misspell your name literally every time I write it, and that's probably (laughs) never going to change. So I'm sorry that I mispronounce it as well. (laughs) C-I-R-Y. Oh, I know. It doesn't happen the first time. I do the same. Like Cody Garbrandt, every time I type his name, it is Cody Garbrandy a hundred percent of the time, what? and then I have to go back because the Y and the T are like right next to each other, and I screw it up literally every time I type his name. Garbrandy, uh, I can't get Stamen. I can't figure out Cody Stamen. It's I can never remember the two M's of the two N's. I mess yeah, up all the time. two M's is impossible. It's absurd. Uh, it can't be done. So I'm sorry. I also screw up pronouncing your name. <laughs> Mike, uh, this question, boy, what a downer to start our to start our show, right? Like. I wish I, – I, well, I'm going to say something that I think is going to make – That's your job. I know. I'm supposed to be. But I'm – so well, look, here in, in a roundabout way, this will be positive because I, I'm going to say something that's going to make a lot of people who are familiar with my work and my ability to predict things correctly uh, – anyone familiar with that, they're going to be happy to hear this because now I'm just going to say it. And Ganu Jones is just not going to happen. It's not happening. It's not happening. I have moved on. I think if you, I'm, I'm sure if you, if you uh, catch me on any of our shows from like three months ago, I was probably all like, oh, there's too much money involved. It's, it's definitely going to get worked out somehow. I don't know. Maybe not this year. Maybe not like by middle of, of next year. Some point these two will fight. I'm going all the way the other way now. I don't know. I just, I don't see how it happens. They, they've, 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 uh, they've changed, you know, uh, John Jones changed management uh, and gone. has got CAA involved here. I feel like, I feel like there is no more settling for less here. So in a way, that's a positive statement. Maybe we have gotten to a point where these guys will stand their ground. I don't know if you can win that battle with the UFC. I mean, we just saw George St. Pierre. He hasn't fought for the company in years, and he can't he can't take a big money fight because he's still technically under contract. So it's a it's a tough battle to win, but it's also to the point where I just I don't know if they can if they can find a middle ground now with a company. Uh, the UFC, look, they're they're a well-oiled, uh, money-making machine. They know Ngannou Jones would be a profitable fight, but it would be was it so profitable to them that that they should jump through hoops to make it happen, as opposed to just maintaining the status quo? Where again, keep in mind, every year they this company makes they know how to make money. They, they make money hand over fist, no matter what. Um, they only have to deliver a few big fights a year. And as much as we all want to see Ngannou Jones, maybe in their minds or by their calculations. It just isn't one of them. So, uh, again, keep in mind, everyone. I am I, I am the same person who said Conor McGregor would never fight uh, Floyd Mayweather. Uh, so, 
take this with a grain of salt. Maybe take this as a good sign when I say I think that the fight is uh, Ngannou and Jones is, is toast. All right, let me just ask one more thing about this because I asked this question to Sean and Jose when we were doing our reaction video. AK, how bad is this for Stipe Miocic? Like, he's been kind of the forgotten man in all these conversations. Like, when we talk about the heavyweight title picture, it's almost like Stipe's name isn't even in the conversation. But in Dana White's eyes, Stipe was supposed to get the winner of Ngannou and Lewis because they weren't going to give it to John Jones. They weren't going to be able to come to terms. Stipe was next in line. He was on deck. So is he now literally the forgotten man? I don't think he's forgotten. I'm sure I'm sure it'll come up in conversation at some point. What is up with uh, with Stipe? And I'm glad you brought it up because I know we are among a group of all of us here love Stipe Miocic. Um, we I, you know, I'm really excited. I know we, we all have nothing but good things to say about Stipe. Uh, the, you know, the gentleman I'm sharing space with today, I, I cannot wait for his side because he's really I know he's going to jump to uh, the former two time heavyweight champions defense here. Uh, I don't know. See, it's I, of course, I do feel a bit bad for Stipe, but he does strike me as the kind of person who. He's kind of going to roll with the punches. Let, let, let's, I mean, let's put it this way. He hasn't had time. I uh, hadn't had a problem, excuse me, taking time off in the past. So, um, yes, I'm sure he'd rather be fighting. I'm sure he'd rather be getting that uh, Ngannou rematch right away. I also think he's kind of okay with, you know what? I'm going to let the dust settle. Uh, I don't know if he t- – the big question is, does he take another fight? I don't know if he needs to. I think if, uh, like I said, depending what, – whatever happens with Gan and Lewis, and then one of them goes to fight Ngannou, hopefully before the end of the year – uh, Miocic could easily just be, you know, Dana White could just tell him to chill. We're gonna, we want you uh, for a big heavyweight fight early in the year. Really kick off, uh, you know, kick off our our calendar in January or February. So it sucks that he's out of the immediate picture, but I don't think he's losing his spot at all. I think he just has to wait. Uh, I'd be very surprised if he if he took another fight. If if I'm being honest. Jed, I, I wanted to to end this conversation with you because I know you love talking about Stipe and you hold him in in in, in such high regard. Where does that put him in this conversation? Dude, he's, he hasn't been in the conversation since the minute his head got snapped back by Francis Ngannou. <laughs> I know he wants to be, and he, he by right should be in a lot of ways. He is the most accomplished UFC heavyweight of all time. Of that, I do not dispute. I just don't think he's that good, and I never have. And I think I'm right, and I think I have a lot of very compelling reasons for it. But regardless of what I think he is as a fighter, he is undeniably incredibly accomplished. And by virtue of that, he should get be in the conversation. But he just wasn't. Francis Ngannou said afterwards that he would fight him, but he's not all that interested. And why would he be? He just blew the bricks off the dude. Uh, so that doesn't make a ton of sense for Ngannou other than it is a trilogy. Uh, and outside of that, like, Stipe's not going to get a title shot by sitting. He has to fight again. John Jones is ahead of him. Derek Lewis was very clearly ahead of him. Now the winner of this Derek Lewis Gane fight is ahead of them. And hell, maybe the loser's still ahead of him too. Like Stipe's just going to have to fight somebody. And I know that goes against his I'm the champion, etc. But you're not. You were the champion. You got knocked out. And it's your own fault, bro. Like that's all I can say to him. Like you didn't give a shit about being loved. And that's okay because you probably weren't ever going to be like massively beloved by fans. So be yourself and be true to you. But if you're not going to give a shit about that, then you can't come crying when, oh, they're not giving me a title. We know this shit ain't a meritocracy. It's never been one. And you you know firsthand you only got given a second shot at Daniel Cormier because you just hung around long enough and 
Brock kind of fell through and all these sort of things and just worked out for you. It's not going to happen again. Like if, if you want to be the guy who's going to get title fights off losses, you can't just be successful in the cage. In fact, that actually has very little bearing to that. You have to be a compelling person who people will care about. And Stipe has never been that outside of Cleveland. And the UFC, for whatever reason, is just steadfastly against holding events in Cleveland. They did it one time with Stipe. So like, yeah, bro, you should have seen this coming. You're going to have to fight again. Fortunately, you're still probably going to beat the shit out of most of the heavyweights because most of them are terrible. So don't fight Curtis Blades. He'd probably beat you. But like... I don't know, most of the rest of that division you could still probably whoop up on, and then you can get a title fight again. You get one good win, you can get a title fight, but it's going to be timing-related because if John Jones ever decides he's okay with less money, John is getting the fight over you, and then you're just going to have to sit and wait and feel hard done by again. So that's it. Like, Stipe's not – he's not in the conversation, and he's not going to be until he fights somebody. Mike. Mike. Mike, yes, you are, my, my best friend, you are an accomplice to that drive-by that just happened, by the way. <laughs> Steve Day had nothing to do, <laughs> nothing to do with the initial question. And you dragged him into the line of fire. You 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 brought him out of the safety, you brought his name out of the safety of his house onto the street where Jed could get a clear shot at him. And uh, and I don't want to give him too much credit, but he didn't miss. He rarely does when he's <laughs> I, mean, I mean, whether you agree with him or not, I'm not I'm not saying I agree, but he certainly Landed some ra- landed some shots there on his target. Let's put it that way. All Mike, I'm you're saying, an, you're an accomplice. You're, an, you're responsible for this, Mike. You're I've responsible been for this. Years for for my shots to start landing on Stepe, and now the oh my almost, gosh, woo, buddy, it's Jed Mashu season right now. Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> we shall see where all of this goes. This is a definitely. Uh, I don't know if shocking is the right word. Somewhat surprising announcement, to say the least, but nothing really surprises me or shocks me these days, if you really think about it. But let's move to all the action from this past weekend in combat sports. But the point for round one goes to... I'm giving it to Jed, because how dare you, AK, try to (laughs) question the way that I run this show. Okay, There's a reason that I am in the middle the middle of the screen here. All right. How dare you? Stink face. And there's that sour post. Uh, yes. There's the, yeah, uh, go ahead. Uh, uh, I will say it is, it is uh, just your last thing. He said, it is crazy that like how little we are shocked when something that ha- like that happens now. Like I definitely, when the news came up, I was like, I had ma- like maybe a solid, like 10 seconds of like, oh, I can't believe they do that. What? And then after 10 seconds, it was just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. This is this is big. This is Major League MMA. This is the UFC. Uh, we know what's going on with Ngannou and Jones and them. And then literally the out again, whatever outrage or shock, whatever your emotion was. Again, I can't. If you if you're a fan of the of the of the, of the business, probably didn't last more than thirty seconds. And then we just kind of move on, move on to the next one, right? That's that's where we are now as as uh, you know as an MMA community. Look at you with the, the little seed drop of on to the next one. Nicely done, AK. You can listen wink, to that wink. on Sundays, by the way. Uh, wink. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Okay, so... We had no shortage of combat sports events to partake in this past weekend. PFL and Bellator had events on Friday. We had a new interim heavyweight champion crown for Bellator, Valentin Moldovsky. PFL, we got Kayla Harrison just running through somebody else. Anthony Pettis drops to 0-2 in the promotion, misses the playoffs. UFC had an event. We just talked about Cyril Gaon and where that brought him. Even BKFC had an event. And we had some big boxing headliners. So much to watch, gentlemen. So Jed Mishu... Which fighter was the combat sports world's MVP this past weekend and why? Honestly, this is tough because, like, there was a lot of fighting, but not a lot of it mattered, if that makes any sense. Like, it matters to those people that competed, but, like, clearly the most relevant thing was Cyril Grande beat Alexander Volkov because he got a title shot immediately afterwards. But like other than that, uh, that card had some fun violence on it, but it's tough for me to care too much. Like none of those, I'm not going to be remembering anything that happened there years to come. Uh, shouts to uh, Marcin Prochnio. That was a dope body kick. Uh, but for me, I guess if we're going to go MVP, one, I will say it's going to be on Bellator. I just want to say I'm totally right about Moldovsky Johnson. That fight was awful fun, and I stand by everything I say about it. Uh, but the MVP's got to be Liz Gormouche for me. Um, I could be wrong. There's another contender that I suspect AK will take. Uh, but Liz Gormouche, like, she just came out uh, absolutely torched Kano Watanabe. Uh, Watanabe? I probably said Watanabe wrong. Uh, Watanabe. <laughs> Um, Cyril Gan, Cyril Gan, yeah. Uh, Liz Carmouche just just blew her up. Uh, best Carmouche has looked in freaking years. Uh, staked her claim for getting in there for a title shot, and, and just sort of reminded everybody that like, hey, I know that I'm not in the UFC anymore, and 
Uh, that's really where a lot of fans thoughts stop is, is at those UFC doors, but I'm still arguably the second or third best flyweight in the world. Uh, I mean, not arguably, like I think she would beat everybody that's not Shevchenko or maybe like, or Andrade. I don't think she beats Andrade. Uh, and her, her upcoming title fight in Bellator, that will be interesting, but just good for Liz Carmouche. She's still, still out here doing things, being super relevant, very good at her job. And, getting better like i said it's the best she's looked in years uh and so in a week that i'm going to say it was a little bit devoid of super relevant and interesting things liz carmouche kind of reasserting herself that will take the top spot for me if casey lyden was the judge right now we wouldn't even go to ak because that would be his his pick you would <laughs> already play the i already play the winner music and we'd be moving on to round three but ak for, for a little thing called laying the groundwork for the final round mike <laughs> that's right, Buttering that's right. putting on that butter <laughs> laying on that butter what real think, thick AK? what do you think ak who is your guy? Uh, first i know uh uh because this is a pot this, guys this is a podcast too right this is a pod i don't, I don't watch the show this is a podcast Right. Uh, yeah. Yes. It's audio uh, and visual. Yes. Yes. There was a, there was a, there was a comment on screen, which I do want to shout out that our, our listeners won't be able to see from uh, Hardeep Singh on YouTube, who said uh, Francis's manager was the MVP this week. So I just there. Yeah. So we just put that on the screen. So but uh, yeah, I think that's, that's a great what's his, uh, Markel Markel Martin. What's his name? Markel Martin or something from CAA. Yes. Uh, yeah. Him getting yeah, him getting into it with Dana White is friggin' in the public is friggin' amazing. Call a little juvenile, a little silly, but I thought that was uh, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, so that's that's a good suggestion. Thank you, Hardeep. For me though, I'm going a little bit uh, out of outside of the pocket here, guys. Um, we mentioned BKFC, Mike. That was one of the events that happened this weekend, and just to get a little inside baseball for people, that was at least according to sort of our metrics on MMAfighting.com. Uh, one of the, mo- I think maybe the most talked about combat sports event of the weekend. I mean, credit to BKFC. I think they're building their brand really well. I think you had a, it helps. There was a lot of, uh, you know, recognizable names. Uh, Tiago Alves was on this card. Uh, Julian Lane, let me bang, bro. Uh, it was also the most fun card of the week. Like, that sure. Was that Pearl really Gonzalez. Yeah. Pearl Gonzalez, Joey Beltran. So they've, they've, both built up their name and also, you know, do a good job of signing former UFC people. First and foremost, so uh, I, I, don't, I didn't mention his name yet because it's really he kind of has to share this with a man that stepped into the ring with him at the end of the at the end, not the end of the night, but uh, at the end of his fight after his fight. Lorenzo Hunt is my MVP or at least co MVP of the weekend. For anyone who's wondering who the hell is Lorenzo Hunt, I'm sure you guys, uh, you're all out there. You saw the footage of Hector Lombard two piecing. Uh, someone who who had got right into his face after he beat uh, Joe Riggs, uh, that was Lorenzo Hunt, and it, it was it's it's an amazing clip. If you haven't seen it, guys, please find it on our site because uh, he kind of walks up and, and it escalates so quickly. You know, I think he kind of went up there thinking, "I'll oh, get in his face, talk a little smack." Almost immediately, Lombard just smashes him. And uh, Lorenzo Hunt very wisely kind of backs away with his hands up, almost like, almost like, oh, whoa, this is like real. This is like p- people can punch each other for real in here. And it's it, it's a it's a great clip. Uh, I I don't approve of violence outside uh, unsanctioned violence. People, I, I'm strongly against it. But like uh, former NBA player Matt Barnes once said, uh, violence is never the answer, except sometimes it is. And in this case, it was both the answer. And I'm sorry to say quite entertaining so that to me was like the funniest moment 
Uh, it happened after, by the way, a very strange finish, with, and I think Jed will approve of this, where uh, Lombard beat Joe Riggs for a, a BKFC title. And in the final flurry, I'd be he like gra- of Hector Lombard and <laughs> you, Joe Riggs fighting in, you know, <laughs> in general. But I think you, <laughs> but, but I think it turned into as, as good as we could hope for because he he grabs Riggs' shorts in the middle of this flurry, and the referee catches it, but a little too late. And then Lombard gets in like a KO punch, and that's how the fight ends. Like it just <laughs> they, they, there's really nothing the ref could do about it. So it was. I mean, that was. I mean, that Tyler Bowes was hilarious. But Lombard. Uh, and Lorenzo Hunt, these guys are my MVPs. I thought uh, I just thought it was just so entertaining uh, the whole the whole scene. And and I think Hunt and Lombard are kind of probably can meet somewhere uh, in the future. Uh, their way, they're they're a little. I, I don't know if they're in the same weight class, but they shouldn't be too far off uh, from 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 meeting that up. So there you go. He's has a viral moment. He sets up another BKF, big BKFC fight. Well done, Hector Lombard. Well done, uh, Lorenzo Hunt. My MVPs, uh, co MVPs of this busy weekend. So are you saying, AK, on this past weekend, was BKFC the winner of like all the promotional events? Did they win the event? Did they win the weekend? I mean, I mean, I think they kind of did. And let's not forget, they had the press conference for uh, uh, for Paige Van Zandt and Rachel Ostovich on Friday. So it was a really, really big promotional uh, weekend. Even just, you know, just counting the event that actually went down on Saturday. Again, four title fights that that went over very well, I think, with, with, with anyone who decides to tune in. Or again, at least read about the event, at least check highlights. All the stuff for like a still relatively young promotion like the BKFC is good. I, I know sometimes people will see maybe the raw buys and be like, oh, BKFC, is, you know, uh, that didn't do as big as they thought. And it's like, you know, social media impressions and things like that. These are all metrics that people look at now when they're sort of, you know, deciding to to uh, whether a business is a success, whether they're going to invest in an organization. That's a big thing. You know, it's not all just about pay-per-view bias when we're talking about um, uh, uh, major sporting organizations. So, yeah, I'll go as far as to say those two led, led BKFC to a weekend victory over Bellator, UFC, uh, PFL. That's right. PFL was on Friday. Boxing. I'm probably I'm probably underselling the boxing. Like I said, I just I just maybe wasn't in tune with that. But everything outside of that, I think BKFC clear winner. Agree, Jed? Yeah, I mean, yeah, promotionally for sure. I they put on the most inter- entertaining event, like easily, uh, and yeah, they did good numbers probably. Uh, I just assumed that AK was going to call uh, Kale Harrison the MVP of the weekend because of all the fighters that contributed this past weekend. Like everyone knew she was going to just obliterate Cindy Dandois. That wasn't ever in question, but she did what she was supposed to. Um, She keeps marching inexorably towards another title and a million dollars. And she, you know, solid on the mic. Like she's laying the foundation to be a star in this sport. So that's probably, that's what I assumed. I was trying to give that one to AK by taking Carmouche. You know, I, I know he needs help to win rounds, uh, but then he be curveballed into BKFC and and some dude who he said that guy who got uh, boxed up by Hector Lombard he said his name like seven times and I legitimately have no idea who that dude is. Like so, yeah. good. You, you also can't you also can't pronounce Cyril Gan. So this is clearly another issue. This is I think this is more of an, this is a jet issue, not a not a not a Hector well, I'm, Lombard. I'm and a hunt issue. Not knowing the guy Hector Lombard gave the two piece to is not a me issue. But I you know <laughs> agree to disagree in this instance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will uh, say I, I'm glad you brought up Kayla though because 
one thing I do like about her mic skills now is she's someone who said she knows her limitations. You're not going to see her trying to cut like a big Michael Chandler rehearse promo. I mean, she, she has some lines prepared for sure. She dropped like a Game of Thrones line. I'm sure she had that thought of ahead of time. But otherwise, she keeps it short. She keeps it sweet. Uh, I think she might be, you know, maybe coming off as like all business, I think maybe is kind of the persona that she's pushing forward now. She did that with this promo and with uh, her promo in her, her first uh, PFL fight this season. So, yeah, she'd be up there. But uh, I also I'll just shout out my honorable mentions while I'm here. Uh, I, I should we shouldn't discount some of the fighters on that UFC car. I know we're kind of overlooking it, but I thought, um, yeah, Timur Valiev, <laughs> Timur Valiev, uh, Howany Barcelos, great fight. Uh, Hadzovic Madero's also found a great fight. You already mentioned Carmouche. Um, and also from the PFL, actually, I I have to mention Larissa Pacheco because, look, I know there's no one. People are clamoring for a third Pacheco-Harrison fight as much as they're clamoring for like uh, uh, the Kamotsi-Jacare uh, trilogy to finally be completed. I get it. I, I understand this. I understand this. But Pacheco has at least made herself really look like a dangerous fighter. Uh, I mean, at 155, I know it's not really that, uh, you know, a big division so far. But she had a huge, huge knockout of Elena Kolesnik. The fight was, as short as it was, was super entertaining. Um, so she actually was my standout from PFL, almost more so uh, than Kayla Harrison. So shout out to Larissa Pacheco. Amazing knockout. It was a very busy weekend. No doubt about that. No major event this weekend in the MA world, although Titan FC has a very interesting card on Friday. CFFC, I believe, has two events this weekend on Fight Pass. So you got some good cards to watch, but we are on the road to UFC 264, which we will sort of touch on next, and we'll talk about at length next week on the show. But the point for round two goes to... My best friend is on the board, one-to-one. Nicely done. Thanks for I don't know why, but before, but before we hit record, assist. I was like, before we hit record, I was like, this seems like around AK is going to win. And I was, I was absolutely correct. So let us move on to our third topic of regulation. We found out earlier this week that Lewis Smolka suffered an undisclosed injury. He's scratched from UFC 264 next Saturday against Sugar Sean O'Malley. And then it seems like, Every Bantamweight under the sun raised their hands and threw their name in the hat. From the roster, outside of the roster, it seems like anyone who could possibly weigh in at 135 pounds, even guys at 125, some 45ers potentially in the UFC, outside of the UFC, wanted this fight. So they go outside of the roster to New England professional fighter Chris Motinho, who has competed pretty much his entire career for CES, a New England regional promotion that is on Fight Pass. Reasley fought for CFFC. He had a great uh, submission win also on Fight Pass. But the winner, AK, is Chris Patino of the Sugar Sean sweepstakes. What do you make of this booking? I have no problem with this booking whatsoever. It was a cool story, don't get me wrong, to see all these guys calling him out. It, it got people excited that uh, O'Malley was probably still going to remain on the card. People were thinking, oh, my gosh, is Marab Devalishvili, you know, going to step up and just end the hype here? You know, he's obviously a blue chip guy at 135. And then uh, Tim Elliott volunteered. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, high kind of a high risk, low reward guy, but he's a name. You know, people thought that was cool. Ricky Simone was definitely leading the pack there for a while. There's some back and forth. O'Malley does a little, a little video kind of saying, you know, where are you at? It looked like that was going to be possible. Uh, we know now that it sounds like uh, Simone's team, it's something they wanted to negotiate maybe a catch weight, which I think makes a lot of sense. 
So I don't want to hear anyone giving uh, Simone and his team crap for for saying like, oh, why didn't he just take one thirty five? It's like, guys, he's a he's a top fifteen guy taking a fight on short notice. He, why why can't we meet halfway? Who cares? It's a short notice fight. Who cares if it's at one thirty five? It's I just anyway. That's a, probably another discussion. But good for Chris Moutinho. Let let people make fun. You know, let people make fun of like, oh, this guy's a can. He's being set up. O'Malley only gets fed cans or whatever. It's I I just. I don't know. If, I don't know if Jed's going to agree with me on this one, but I will say I feel like people just need don't have a his strong history of how like stars get built up. Look at any star, and I, I get it. Once you get to the UFC level, there's a different expectation. O'Malley is relatively inexperienced for like what we consider to be like a, a top, a, you know, for a guy who's become so famous. He's relatively inexperienced. I I, I want people to know this. He's certainly well beyond the Chris Moutinho's of the world. This is not an ideal matchup. I'm, I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, good. This is like, if you if you book this matchup for real, it'd be fine. No. But on short notice, as an emergency, as a way to, I don't want to say, no, I'll just say it, as a way to protect Sean O'Malley, this is the way you go with it. You don't throw him in there with a Marab. You don't throw him in there with a Ricky Simone. What where we we all know the reality is they're trying to build this guy up. They are very invested in Sean O'Malley. There's certainly good reasons why he has a connection with the fan base, uh, especially a certain demographic. He's young. He's cool. Uh, again, I don't get it. I'm not hip. I'm not with it. But uh, you know, from what the kids tell me, it's uh, he's he's a very popular fighter. Uh, and in inside the the cage, super exciting. I think undeniable, undeniably exciting. So you're trying to build him up. What is the just give him someone he can style on. Yeah, it's not a resume builder, but you can worry about that stuff later. He has plenty of, of ranked bantamweight fights ahead of him uh, to, to build his name up. So I have no problem with it. Could we have had, could it have been cooler to see him fight a Tim Elliott or Ricky Sm- even like a Ray Borg? Sure, I, I, I'm all for it. I think it'd be cool. But I got no problem with them bringing in a uh, enhancement talent to to uh, to keep Sean O'Malley on on the on next Saturday's card. I, I, if you're, if people are coming for outrage, you've come to the wrong man. Congrats to Chris Moutinho for getting the fight. Sean O'Malley, hopefully you take care of business, get yourself a highlight real finish. That's what people expect. And and we move on. We move on and he gets another top 15 guy in the future. There are certain things about this episode that, that I'm going to remember for a long time. And one of which is the look on Jed Mishu's face when AK said, I have no problem with this booking. Clearly, Jed does not agree with this. So let us get your thoughts, Mr. Mishu, on this booking between Sean O'Malley and the soon-to-be newcomer Chris Moutinho. This is horrible matchmaking. It's hot trash. I agree in principle with actually some of the things AK said. Uh, giving him Rob Valashvili, like that would be horrendous. That's bad matchmaking anytime, certainly on short notice, uh, because you are trying to build this guy up. Again, I'm with AK. Like This kid is a star. People like him. I don't get it at all, but – I'm not the target fan base or whatever. So that's fine. You want to build this guy up. Don't keep him as far away from Rob Dolashvili as you possibly can, uh, and especially on short notice. But you can't do this. Like this is this is MVP Bellator style shit right here. Like, hey, the huge knock is that MVP might be good. We don't really know because he's fought one good dude in his whole career. And that dude sparked him. Like it's – you have got you, you got to take the training rules off at some point, and I know that doing that on short notice is not the best idea. But there, there's a, a huge piece of land between short notice Marab Dalashvili and no name dude 
who like this is just obviously and blatantly stupid. Like this isn't even a guy who has some you know regional hype to him or whatever. And we're going. This is a New England fighter. This card's in Vegas. Like what the shit is going on? Like, this is dumb as hell. Like Tim Elliott was perfect. Tim, can you really tell me how different Tim Elliott and Lewis Smolka are like as fighters? No, neither of them are ranked dudes. It would have been a fine step up. Like, yeah, Sean O'Malley's in fighting a, a flyweight who's bouncing a weight class or whatever, but that's still a super winnable fight that actually will matter because Tim Elliott, you know, doesn't suck at fighting and we know what he brings to the table. He's got veteran savvy, he's toughness. He can wrestle and grapple a bit. It would make Sean O'Malley show that he is improving and it is a win that matters, even if it's not a, a great you know, marquee win or whatever. Like this win is a throwaway. If Sean O'Malley does anything other than totally style on this dude on Saturday or not this Saturday, next Saturday, like what the hell are we doing here? Like that's going to, that's a setback for him, honestly. And it's not unreasonable for that to happen. Like you remember when Tony Ferguson was supposed to beat the shit out of Lando Venata and then it looked like Lando Venata might actually kill him. Like that's what we're doing here in a, like in a smaller universe. No name like fights against no name fighters or debutantes, they carry with them a lot more risks than everybody really wants to imagine because everybody just thinks, oh, MMA, like this guy's he's better, he's gonna win. Despite the fact that we know crazy things happen all the time, the margins are really small in this sport. And oh, by the way, Bantamweight's a really freaking good division. So even people who you might not have heard of or aren't good, they're actually probably really damn good, at least at one thing. And maybe the, that night's just their night. Like, this is not a super safe booking for him because the, a loss here is pretty catastrophic. Like, a loss to Tim Elliott on short notice is explainable. A loss to this dude is not. And so, yeah, maybe he wins because he's supposed to. And maybe even looks good. But, like, the best case scenario you get is that Sean O'Malley is on a Conor McGregor pay-per-view. Sean O'Malley is basically Conor McGregor, like, uh, a dollar store discount Conor McGregor. Like, that's the his fighting style. Everything about him is that. So that's what you want to build him off that. You want to keep him on this card. But if he doesn't absolutely blow the doors off the place, it's it's a huge letdown. And it's just not great. Like, there were a number of people they could have picked better than – this dude and like tim elliott just volunteered that's like that's not even other people they could have called up and been like hey come be a sacrificial lamb for this guy like this is just bad matchmaking and i i hope to shit that more (laughs) that chris martino comes in and pulls off the upset of his life because it would be the funniest thing in the world um it's it's interesting because i mean chris's guy i've been following for a while the guy's style is actually perfect for this situation because he's not going to get intimidated by Sean O'Malley. He's going to go right after him. And as happy as I am for Chris and his team, I, th- I think even he understands what he's doing next Saturday. And I think the odds will kind of agree with him. And I think a lot of people know, like the UFC is putting you in this position because they feel like Sean's going to style on you. And I think that could be some motivation. I don't think the fight lasts very long. I think he just makes it a fun scrap for as long as it lasts. So yeah, uh, we will see if the, if the sugar show continues on AKU, would you like to, Mike, add, to add to this? Yeah, Mike, look, strange, uh, stranger things have happened. I mean, every, like, it, uh, on a base level as Jed is saying, every fight is risky. Again, especially when it's someone people aren't familiar with, who knows, but I think he's a 
such a lower risk than a Tim Elliott. Even a Ray Borg, I think, is a much, much, much higher risk than than uh, Chris Moutinho. Again, no disrespect. What you have to get real wins over real people, and Tim, if Tim Elliott. Well, you're act, you're acting. Oh no 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 no! You're acting like no no no! You're acting like he's only no no! Stop it! Stop it! You're acting like he's only fought cans. Did he not just knock out Thomas Almeida? Did did he did he not knock out Eddie Wilder? Didn't he fight Marlon Chido Barrett? No 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 no! Did these fights not happen? Did these fights not happen? Why the shit is he taking? So why is so why is he only fighting? Why you say he's only fighting cans? Why you say he needs? Oh now it's time to step up. He stepped up. He stepped up already. He stepped up already. We're, 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 this is revisionist history. We're pretending like these fights didn't happen. People can yeah. now. You can now. You can question. Did he catch these guys at their best? That's another discussion. No. You know, people, and that's fine. That's fine. But these are names. These are names. These are hold on. These are names. These are credible fighters. I agree with you on the point. There's a huge gap between a Chris Moutinho and a Tim Elliott, a Ray Borg. Again, I guess we can't run over, you know, the names of all these guys already. But, but, but. It's there is so little reward to beating a Tim Elliott, to beating a Ray Borg. Ricky Simone would be another story, but like we said, there's a bunch of other reasons why that didn't happen. But when it comes to being this dude, Tim Elliott's a flyweight. Tim Elliott, he's a flyweight. But that's what I'm telling you. He's a flyweight. You're risking a guy who can outgrapple him. And, and make him look bad on on the ground. You're no, no, not meant to be something. But what and what do you, and, that, and that's exactly what people are going to say. You're right, Jed. That's exactly what people have said. If he lost to Tim Elliott, if he loses to Chris Moutinho, it's bad. I think it's just as bad. But I'm saying it's a it's lower worse. risk. It's he's much worse. sure, but he's much more likely to beat Chris Moutinho than he is Tim Elliott. And if you if you don't agree with I, that, you you are just have not watched either guy. You don't know anything about either no, guy. I'm sorry. I just said you don't know anything about either guy. I if you think that, that Joe Malley is very talented and can beat sure. Tim Elliott, who's Fine. like 50 and a flyweight. If, Exactly. So what does he gain from that? He either loses to a flyweight. He either loses to, he either loses to a flyweight on short notice or he knocks out a flyweight. Whoop de freaking do. That is what I'm talking about. How can, say, how can you say how can you say there's such how can you say there's a big reward, such a big reward gap between freaking Tim Elliott, who, who I respect and with the greatest fighter we've ever seen? Hammer and tongs. Hammer and tongs. Hammer, hammer and tongs. Guys, you all have fight pass. You can watch the Tim Elliott Demetrius Johnson fight yourself. Amazing fight! It's not—he's not going hammer and tongs. Demetrius Johnson's he, quit it. How, Stop he, it! Don't don't lie to America, Jed. One round, yeah, don't, if I recall. Yeah, don't lie to him. You're very—you're very convincing. Don't lie to America. All right, that's another story. Maybe. You can convince, Did he not you can, you can convince people. You can convince people. Jed, you can convince people. Don't lie to them. That's another story. You can convince people. Did don't he lie not to them. win two rounds against DJ? He, yeah, that's great. I, but, you're, but you're acting like it was just back and forth so like he war. won two rounds against how the, the last, How the last three rounds go? How the last three rounds go? That dude how the last, is how the last three rounds go? How the last three rounds go? Some bro who's going to rock him like a Patriots hat. That's How the last three rounds go, Jed? How the last three rounds go? How the last three rounds go? The DJ uh, Tim Elliott fight go? Yeah, he lost them. Do you know how many people have won rounds against Demetrius Johnson? That's Hammer and Tongs? That's Hammer and Tongs? I'm giving mean, you a chance to change your wording here. I'm giving, you, I'm giving you a chance to change your. You can change your wording. I know. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I'm just giving you a chance okay, to change your wording. Sure, because it ain't it ain't hammer and tongs. That ain't the correct. That ain't the correct phrasing. That ain't the correct phrasing. That seems to be matter a lot more than some dude Look, from Boston. It won't. It won't. If you think if he beats, you know how MMA fans think. He beats Tim Elliott. He gets the exact same criticism. Oh, he knocked out a flyweight, or he beat a, or he, or of course he goes to a decision with a flyweight. It's, it, there's so little to gain between. Why sacrifice a guy on the why, why? And 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 let's think about the other side of it. Why put an L on Tim Elliott or uh, or again not my people. I don't know Marab, but why bring in a contracted guy to the UFC 
just to take like just to take a loss. That's what you bring in new guys for. If you're if the goal, the main goal of this is to build Sean O'Malley and just keep him on this Conor McGregor card, then it doesn't matter who you get. And that, that's why I, I, I'm not saying they couldn't have done better, but I'm saying I have no problem with this particular. It's not a travesty or anything that they that they that they brought in some newbie. I think it has the same effect as him fighting almost anyone on short notice, except for again maybe Marab, Ricky Simone, which were. Again, Marab was never going to happen. Ricky Simone, we know, just didn't work out. So, so that's 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 my case for it. it is that it's Dio Omega, Louis Smolko, renowned bantamweight. <laughs> but I'm saying, so so how so how much worse is this well, than the original? Okay. interchangeable okay. people. Nobody would have found the difference. Exactly. The, exactly. <laughs> and you, thank you, Jed. Again, thank you for this. You helped. You know what? You helped me last round. Thank you for helping me this round as well. Interchangeable. Exactly. It didn't matter who Sean O'Malley. It doesn't matter who Sean. You just said interchangeable. It doesn't matter who Sean O'Malley fights at 264. It just matters that he fights on 264. That he stays on the card. You're right. 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 Listen, 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 listen. listen. This is this is this is two people, not all of the world. And Louis Smolka. I said Louis Smolka and Tim Elliott are interchangeable. This this is that that was fun. That was fiery. This is this is why I put it on Twitter. This is like, were they ever friends to begin with? Maybe not. <laughs> that was a hell of a round, John. But we yeah, have to move AK, on. We have to move on. AK is all about meritocracy, unless it comes to freaking Sean O'Malley. Then bring in the jobbers for him. I don't get it. <laughs> it's a short. It's a short notice fight. Oh yeah, bringing in Tim Elliott on short a one twenty five on short notice, really maintaining that meritocracy. That's how that works. Come on, man. That is right. much more meritocracy. That's, how, that's not how that works. <laughs> the point for round three, after one of the more fiery rounds in the history of this program, goes to I mean, how can I not give it to Alexander K. Lee for that? Oh. I mean, I'm telling you. The oh. guy because the guy yelled. Elliot is as oh. good as this dude from Boston that you know that I've never heard of. That's my blood is said. my blood is boiling, Mashu. It's because AK became oh. maybe the first person in the history of Blue Yeti microphones to actually hoist the microphone off of its table <laughs> and use it like a handheld I'm, mic. I'm flushed. In anger. I need, I need I need the full minute. I need the full minute in my corner. I'm flushed. That was I I I'd never seen you like that before. I'm a little I'm a, I'm a little perturbed. I don't even know if I'm going to disagree with you on on to the next one ever again. Chris Moutinho. Chris Moutinho, fired up. That's what it it took. Wow. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team 
at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. All right, so we're going to wrap things up with uh, something we've done in the past, a, a potpourri round, if you will, a mixed bag of lingering topics that we're going to get to. We're going to get to as many as we can, as much as time allows. But we're going to begin, Jed Mishu, with philanthropist Jake Paul, along with Triller, donating a combined $30,000 to UFC fighter Sarah Alpar's GoFundMe page. And this is really cool to see for Sarah. I'm actually... I was actually in that middle of interviewing Sarah Alpar when she told me about Jake Paul donating. So you got to see like my actual reaction to this before Jake even tweeted out that he made the donation. So I thought that was really cool. The, the, the Triller thing was great. She was touched by all of it. So what do you make of this move by Jake Paul and Triller to change this UFC woman's life like this, Jed? This is, uh, this is, some, this is definitely something to, to behold. Look, on a... Personal is not the right word. On a like direct note, it's great. Like I'm super happy for her. Uh, this is like it's it's a heartwarming thing. On a professional business note, this is awesome because it is Jake Paul is. You can hate him, and that's fine. I was not a big fan. I'm still not a big fan of him as a person in general. But he is just pitch perfect in in the role he is adopted and playing. Like, I love that he has just become the absolute fuck you to Dana White. <laughs> I just, hey, man, you aren't paying your fighters shit, and I'm going to call you out on it constantly because they won't because you have the power of the pen over their contracts, but you don't own me. Uh, it's awesome, and I hope he continues to do it forever because it is both, like, super needed just in life, and uh, it's really great for everything he's trying to accomplish here. Uh, and doing it in ways like this that are that tangibly help fighters who need help. Like everything that he said about this is right. Like it is, this is not new. Let me be super clear. Like this has been going on for a while, but it is genuinely shameful that any fighter in the UFC has a job that's not full-time fighter. And it, it never ceases to baffle me when the UFC even like promotes that as, well, Stipe Miocic is still a full-time firefighter. And I know Stipe is actually one of the dudes who like could not do it. He is financially solvent in that way. But like, you just shouldn't be talking about, oh, here's, here's this guy who has to work at Dairy Queen to make ends meet. Like that's, that is catastrophically awful and says volumes about your business that this is, you purport to have the best fighters and the best athletes in the world and they're living on scraps. Uh, so yeah, it's super great. Uh, shouts to Triller for being like, Hey Dana, you, for no good reason, like literally no reason of any value whatsoever. You decided George St. Pierre can't fight Oscar De La Hoya in a boxing match that would have been dumb and fun as hell. So we're just going to make you look like an absolute jackass. I know Dana doesn't care. He's got $500 million or whatever, but it warms the heart to see people take shots at Dana White because he deserves them. <laughs> Man, does he deserve them. What do you think? What, what did you think of all this, AK? We have, you know, she's starting this GoFundMe and, you know, people, are, articles are being written about it. And then Jake Paul comes in, then Triller comes in. And those two alone made her goal for the entire year. What did you make of this heartwarming story? I love the gamesmanship of it. I mean, look, Triller, Triller and Jake Paul, they know they know how to pull out these stunts. They, they know how to time them. Again, 
as, as Jay kind of mentioned, say what you want about uh, Jake Paul as a person. There's plenty not to like, plenty to find absolutely deplorable. But he, in this situation, it's almost like it, it, uh, it reminds me of Jose Canseco kind of being the one to blow the lid off of, you know, uh, PEDs and steroid usage in, in baseball. It's like, oh, gosh, it has to be this guy. You know what I mean? And, and the reasons for doing it might not be completely altruistic. You know, Jose Canseco was selling a book at the time. And uh, with Jake Paul, if you want to be really cynical about it, it's, you know, it's a publicity thing. It's keeping his name out there. But even the most cynical view of it, it's still they still helped out uh, Sarah Alpar. They still helped out this fighter. I feel it's still bringing awareness to this issue, which, again, I think I, I don't want to insult our, our, our listeners and our viewers. I think a lot of people are aware of this. But to see someone on uh, kind of from the outside uh, shine a light on it and be so vocal about it. And it was such a platform. I mean, again, I know it's not he's not for everybody. He's a very, very, very famous person. Uh, Jake Paul is so. For him to do that again, wh- whether it's because he's benefiting from it or not, it is bringing attention to this to this thing, and and uh, we can only hope. I, I want again being as optimistic as possible. We hope this leads to some sort of change, um, but, and I've I've said this, but I don't. I I I, I have to phrase this because I don't want to call anybody out, but he is helping publicly. He is helping UFC fighters more than UFC fighters are helping other UFC fighters. And I'm not and I don't want to make it sound like oh every UFC fighter is supposed to, you know, pick each other up. It's a super competitive individual sport. Obviously, not everyone's going to give money to the someone they could potentially fight someday or their teammate could fight or just someone they don't like. That they've got their own stuff to worry about. That's not on them, okay? You know. But some of the higher tier people like a John Jones for example, who's only kind of in the last couple of years really started chiming in about fighter pay. <laughs> you know, what if that what if that had happened earlier? You know, what what if he had been a voice for this? And again, he's got to look out for himself. We completely know why. But the fact that it's Jake Paul, who's the one who's coming forward, it's a it's a bit of a shame. And and I wish that the MMA, the, the fighters, the MMA community in general, that they could find a way to sort of band together. But until they do, yes, there's a reason why a lot of combat sports fans are now looking to Jake freaking Paul as a virtuous voice in this fighter pay argument. I can't, I, I cannot believe we're saying this. And yet it is, it is the truth. It is the truth. The voice of the voiceless Jake. Paul. Oh, look at this gosh. turning MMA on its ear and he's not even in the sport, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll squeeze in one more. We get time for one more. I want to go back to this past Saturday, gentlemen, because we saw the ending to the co-main event between Tanner Bozer and Ovin St. Prue. Bozer obviously has a great first round, gets taken down in the second, was in a tough spot for a few moments. Then there's fence gate or cage gate, as he called it, where the broadcast thought that Tanner Bozer grabs the fence. Upon replay, extra viewings, he did not grab the fence. Jason Herzog moved in, appeared to make contact with OSP. Tanner gets up, stops the fight with the knee and the punches and so forth and so on. So OSP tells us not long after that that he's appealing this not because of the fence or anything like that, but because Herzog went in there and made contact without pausing the action. So, AK, I, I know you sort of touched on this and on to the next one, but I'll ask you again. Maybe some, maybe your tune has changed over the last couple of days. Does OSP have a gripe, in your opinion? Not that, not saying, is this going to get overturned, but does he have means to file this appeal? Does he have a gripe? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with Team OSP on this one. And, and, and not nothing against Bozer because – it's my understanding the the meat of their complaint is uh, yeah it kind of stemmed from some confusion over the fence grab but they're really trying uh, what they're really going to file I don't know if they've already filed going to file their appeal over is that the referee touched 
uh, OSP during sort of that fight ending flurry, which caused like just even the slightest hesitation. And I'm sure people will watch and say, well, did it really make a difference? Yeah, man. Yeah. In a freaking fight, the referee touches you for a second. You hesitate when someone like a B- Bozer is throwing bombs at you. It's going to matter. <laughs> Half a second, a quarter of a second could make a difference in, in a fight that's that's this dangerous. So I think the complaint is is completely legitimate. Again, not not defense grab. I, I hope I know again. I know you spoke to Tanner Bozer. He's kind of cleared that up, saying at the replay, clear clearly showed it. You know, his hand was in a fist. There's just no way he could have grabbed. He could have possibly grabbed the uh, the fence. Uh, Daniel Cormier was very out, outraged about it in the moment. I'm sure once he saw the footage, uh, I don't think he corrected himself on the broadcast, but I would hope that he saw the footage later and realized he, he was in error in calling out uh, what he thought was an illegal move by by Bozer. So so that's a non factor defense grab, but. Uh, the referee touching you, and by the way, I think Jason Herzog, fine official, consistently very good. Uh, I think in this case he had an he had an off moment. There was just some confusion in there, and yeah, I think if you get touched by the referee, that's a pause in the action or a stoppage of a fight. And if OSP says that he that 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 was his understanding of what happened there when when Herzog touched him, I believe him. I believe him. I, th- I think he thought there was going to be a pause at the very least, and uh, it might have. I don't know if he wins the fight, but. I don't know if he loses the fight there in that situation. I don't know if he gets finished in the second round. What do you think, Jed? Does he have a gripe? Well, I'm glad AK brought up Daniel Cormier because Cormier is right. Can't grab the cage. You can grab towels, but you can't grab the cage. Uh, Yeah, as far as the gripe here, no. I mean, sure, like 100%. Jason Herzog screwed the pooch here. You don't touch the fighters unless you're stopping the action. Uh, I just don't see – how that affected this fight not like the broader outcome like literally in the micro i don't see what happened here ak wants to say yeah a uh, half second can make a difference when tanner bozer's throwing bombs that's totally true tanner bozer wasn't throwing bombs because tanner bozer was on at the three-point stance with osp leaning on top of him uh when when the stoppage came in or the the touch not the stoppage and when I watched it, I haven't rewatched it a bunch. I watched it, you know, the evening of and the replays. Uh, it didn't look to me that OSP stopped fighting or that that touch from the referee really created a window for Boser to then get out. Like they were there for another couple of seconds and then Boser pivoted out and OSP was gassed and then he got got. Like it's, I, sure, he has a gripe insofar as Jason Herzog should not have did, done what he did. But that's not enough of a gripe to get anywhere. Like, if I were the commission, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not going to overturn this win for Tanner Boser because Herzog touched you for a half second because I just don't think that it it was substantive. So, uh, And we all know it's not getting turned over. So uh, if OSP wants to spin his wheels and take his time, uh, he can do that. He's a grown man who gets to make those choices. But – I, my advice to OSP would just be don't do that. Uh, value your own time and, uh, you know, you can be mad about it, but go throw rocks into the ocean or, or whatever it is you do to, to deal with it because you know, like, you know that what you are doing is fruitless. And I don't mean, oh, well, it has a chance or whatever. This can accomplish something. In the, like this will accomplish absolutely nothing. You are not going to get the win overturned by – there's no world he even thinks that. And you're not going to get punishment handed down to a referee. That doesn't happen. It's not a thing. Nor does Jason Herzog deserve it. Yeah, he screwed up in this instance, but it's one of those things where you just go to him and be like, hey, 
Jay, man, don't do that. Like, it's not like, ah, we need to find you, whatever. Again, it wasn't a super substantive thing. It was a mental lapse by Jason Herzog, who's normally a very good referee. And filing an appeal just kills trees and time for no benefit whatsoever. OSP, value your time. Maybe just spend all the time you do back in the gym because you haven't looked super hot lately. Uh, and if you're going to continue fighting, you should maybe just work on things that can actually help your career as opposed to waste a lot of administrative time and paper. I, 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 can I just say, I love the environmental message there. Shout, shout out, shout out to Jen. I love the environment. I can't hate on that. I can't hate on that. The, the, the paper usage, that's a strong, I didn't see him going there. That's a strong counter. That's a strong counter. Uh, but uh, Jed, I will just add this. For once, Jed, would you would you think of the children? Will you? This is about the principle. This is about oh. the principle of a man oh, being Mr. done principle wrong. Over here, Sean O'Malley deserves to fight. No name. Mr. Oh, you're still. Sa- I won the round, bro. I won the round, bro. It's over. That's two. That's two rounds ago, bro. Oh no, that's last round. That's last round. It feels like two rounds ago. Teach me about principle. Listen, someone's got to think of the children. OSP and his team are doing this for the children. They feel. Look, there's there's zero. I don't want to say zero chance. There's point zero 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 zero. However many zeros, one chance that this gets overturned. Uh, it's it's because I think you have to prove. I think when you're trying to get one of these things overturned, you have to prove like either like you like gross incompetence, assassination to get yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, grossing. It's like gross incompetence or some sort of like uh, I don't want to go as far as say corruption. You have to kind of prove that they had like some, some you know, this, or at least that's the way it is with uh, with uh, judging. To, you know that there was some influence. I should say sorry, and uh, that's again Jason Herzog has a very outstanding reputation. I don't see how how they would blemish it with this. So it's not getting overturned. But I do, I'm just saying I I do think it's the, it's the principle of it. If people care about that at all, so. Uh, I apologize to the trees. I apologize to the trees. The uh, the paper uh, may have, hopefully not too much paper is wasted in this appeal. OSP, stick, come on, you, you know we live in a paperless world. Email, you know, put that stuff on the cloud. Uh, don't don't use the fax machine. Let's try and save some power there too. And uh, uh, you know, just OSP, be ready when this doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, be ready. Oh, got some audio. Mike, we got some audio hey, problems. Um, yeah, Mike, we have issues on your microphone. Kick, kick Mike out. I'll take over hosting. There's a Mike, hum. disconnect and reconnect. I don't know. It's just sounding crazy. Ooh, this is fun. It's a no, technical, you're, technical you're difficulties. We'll have, we'll have it fixed I'll in a second. It. I'll host the final question, Mike. Don't worry. I got this. <laughs> Uh-oh. No, hold on, Chad. Just give him one second. Otherwise, we will go with we will go with your question. All right, Mike. I'm I, actually. No. I'm talking okay. again, Mike. How about now? Oh, there you go. Oh. Hey, I knew it. No problem. That's why I don't. You know, I don't falter under pressure. Things happen. Never. Sometimes we get storms here in the Berkshires. Sometimes the Wi-Fi likes to mess around a little bit. Kicked me out of the room for a second. And I'm glad you guys were sort of. Still bickering because nobody even noticed that I like got kicked out of the room and came back in. So it was great. Uh, <laughs> from oh damn it. Okay. So uh the point for round four, from what I heard, anyways, and this is some good stuff, it goes to Captain Planet himself, Jed Mishu. It is tied at two. I, I, I did. 
I didn't think about the paper. Gosh, stupid. I should, ah, the paper, obviously. Should have gone the other yes. way. I should have thought about the paper. The Planeteers are proud. The Planeteers are proud after that response that from Dread Mishu. So that, that means was, that it's time good. for the knockout round. I will admit uh, it has been a crazy day. Lots of interviews, taking care of the dog and the kid and all that stuff. So I thought of this question momentarily, but the knockout round for those who are new to the program, I'm going to ask one question. AK, there's going to be 35 different doors to choose from. No, I'm just kidding. It'll literally be one question. Just one question. Very simple. Probably the simplest question I've ever asked on the show. Each competitor will have one minute to give their response and explain their answer. Once that is done, with the help of the live studio audience, we will turn on over to the judge, the jury, the executive producer, E. Casey Lydon, to render the final decision, and we will crown a winner for this week. I don't know what that means. I don't know if there's going to be an interim title after this or an actual title. I don't know. But this is just a good old-fashioned grudge match. You see Casey Lydon, the baddest stash in MMA media, on the bottom right-hand corner. Of the I am the title. Well, I mean, technically, you come into this with the champion's prerogative because you are coming off of a victory uh, in the tag team extravaganza. You are one half of the inaugural BTL tag team champion. So what would you like if to I, do here, Jed? If I if I pin one half of the tag team champions, do I earn a tag team title shot? It's very possible. Yes. I would okay. say yes. That's yeah. It's, okay, it's let's a put that out there. Point, but I would say yes. All right. So Jed, <laughs> who's going first? I'll actually now remember now, now yeah, but remember AK likes to go first. That's his. I that's know. his jam. Um, I, I you Jed, know, please let me go first. Before I do please. a really mean thing to him, I'm going to let him go first so he can feel yes. very good about himself. Yes. Okay. AK is very excited about this. Maybe, maybe he might hoist the microphone off the table again. Going first. All right, so AK, I'm going to make this very simple, okay? We have just officially turned the calendar to July. It is now a new month in the UFC. There's multiple events, a lot of big fights coming our way, including Sean O'Malley versus Chris Moutinho, which you're very excited about. So the question is, very simply put, what is the best fight for the month of July? What's the fight that you got circled on the oh. calendar above all else? All right. One minute on the clock. We're waiting for the timer. There it is. Your time starts now. Oh, Mike. You are you are my best friend. You really you really queued this up for me. I, I look, I have said this publicly. I cannot back from down from it now. And it's happening right right at the end of July. So it's just making it in. Oh, you the so one to watch. <laughs> the one to watch this month is Patricio Pitbull. AJ McKee, featherweight Grand Prix final, two division champion Patricia Pitbull facing the unbeaten AJ McKee has never lost before. He is he is a Bellator. AJ McKee is a Bellator product, born and bred. They hyped him up. Obviously, the son of a fighter. They hyped him up from his the first day he was he was signed. They built him up perfectly, giving him just the right like competition, the right prospects. Uh, leveled up that competition when it need to be. He's gone from winning like decisions to highlight real finishes. And Patricia Pitbull, maybe one of the top like five or six pound for pound guys today. He's a two division champion. He beat Michael Chandler. He's been near unstoppable at 145. There's, there's money on the line. This is the fight to watch. Patricia Pitbull, AJ McKee, July 31st. All right. AK was ready for this one. Said it was teed up. Jed Mishu immediately regretted his decision of exercising the champion's prerogative but this is why jed is the winningest player of all time sometimes you make mistakes but sometimes you're able to bounce back in a big way so can he do it here one minute on the clock what is the best fight coming up in july that we should all circle on our fight cards one minute starts right now 
AK's answer is really good. I'm not here to dispute everything he said because that fight is awesome. I'm tuning in. I'm there with bells on. I love me some AJ McKee. He might be the best featherweight in the world. But his answer is just not quite right. A lot of people are going to think we're going to go with Conor McGregor because when Conor McGregor fights, it's an event. Dustin Poirier, best lightweight in the world. I'm not. What I'm going with, it's it's a bit theoretical here, but it's the only way I know how to be. And it's Fight Circus 3, baby. That's right. Fight Circus has been postponed twice. It has been. It got better after the first one. It got postponed. It had the phone booth Muay Thai fight. They had to postpone it because of COVID. Then it was going to be a phone booth Lethway fight. Lethway, however you say that. I'm not good at pronouncing things, Mike. Headbutts and everything in a phone booth. It got postponed again because of COVID-19. I think that's going to happen finally in the month of July, and we're finally going to get the phone booth left way. It might be phone booth knife fight by that point. Who knows, but I'm there for it. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Wow. Casey's got a big decision to make after those two answers. So lots of good fights coming up in July. Not one mention of TJ Dillashaw versus Corey Sanhagen. Not even a single not even not, nothing on Wonder Boy and Gilbert Burns. Nothing, absolutely nothing. But that's fine. Are they fighting we went outside. Touche. We will let the answers come in. Of course, let me just remind you: there is no big event this week, so no preview show, no post-fight show, no people's pre-fight show because there's no people's pre-fight for anything because there's no fights coming up this weekend. However, again, shout out to Titan FC, shout out to CFFC. There is action coming up this weekend if you so choose to watch MMA. With that being said, let us turn it on over to Casey Lydon to render the final decision. We got Jed. We got AK, both with compelling answers. AK was on fire. He lifted the Blue Yeti microphone off of his desk. That is literally in the instructions to never do. But he did it. Jed Mishu brought up Fight Circus, an event not even on the calendar at this moment. Well, who wins? Who's the winner of this incredible matchup? Well, first off, thank you, gentlemen. It was a it was a splendid competition. Just just a level mixed martial arts debate. Wow. Um, we have. Man, I mean, AK, that means just on a personal note, that is that is one of the biggest fights I'm looking forward to all year is that Bellator featherweight fight. But the theoretical knife phone booth fight, oh, man. Okay, I made my decision. Your winner is... A.K. Lee. A.K. Oh, my God. AK. Oh, my God. AK. He breaks the streak. What? Wow. I'd like to follow oh, the field, Mike. The Ezekiel Pickle and A.J. McKee are fighting on July 31st, but we know that as the main event, that fight won't actually happen until August 1st because it'll happen after midnight. He Why didn't you bring this up? up? I'm filing my appeal right up now. Ten minutes ago. <laughs> Why didn't you? (laughs) But like OSP, I'm filing an appeal on the principle of the matter. That fight will not take place in July. Thus, he's eligible to win. Wow. All the the children watching, I want you to be like Jed. He's standing up for what he believes in, and I respect that. I respect that, and you should all respect yourselves. 
This is a massive moment in the BTL career of Alex K. Lee. And with that, my friend. Here we go. Look at the graphic. Here we go. Here comes the graphic. Here we go. That's a temporary W. Four. That is a temporary W because <laughs> my appeal will, will that stay. Was, that was hard earned. This man pushed me to the – I snapped. I definitely snapped at some point. I, I'm going to have to watch this one back because I don't remember. There's definitely a stretch of where I don't remember what happened. Uh, it just a, it's just darkness, and then I came back, and uh, I saw that I had won the round. So, Jed, I, look, uh, uh, sorry, Mike, should I use my time here to – Yes, yes. Listen, this is, this is, I, I, Jed pushed me. All right. My best friend, you pushed me as well with your amazing questions. And also for, for thank God for giving me some of uh, uh, a final question I could actually answer properly. Uh, Jed for letting me go first. Cause if you had gone first and said a uh, pit bull, AJ, I would have been screwed. <laughs> but uh, yes. And, and for making, making me be a better BTL competitor. So thank you for that, Jed. So that is my, I, I, I am just grateful to Jed and everyone in MMA fighting the producer, Casey, uh, and our, 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 our returning family guys, Sean Al-Shadi, Erhawani, everyone. I'm just super happy. Uh, I wanted, this is a victory for all of us. And all of us, in the, everyone, by the way, in the comments, who keep saying that I, I won last time, I won the time before that, who said I won today, I, I cannot do it without you guys. You guys are the real champions. Mwah! Mwah! Jed, what do you have to say? Besides the fact that you're, you're going to be writing a letter to the uh, BTL Championship Committee. Look, AK said that I would have chosen uh, Pitbull McGee, and I wouldn't have because I would never choose an illegal fight because I'm a clean fighter. That's how I play the game, Mike. <laughs> uh, one way, honest, mm-hmm. and in fan of heavyweights and awkward, weird MMA. Uh, that's what I went for, and I should have been rewarded. Uh, and just, just to be as clear as possible, I will do the accounting this month and when when fight circus happens in july and ak's choice happens in august uh i'm going to demand that be changed it should be changed in principle now but when all is said and done and i'm proven correct i'm gonna need that to be fixed because that is an undeserved loss on my record Jed, Jed, oh, the, the class, the class, as always, I, I, I admire you, sir. I, I admire how you always handle these things with your unique aplomb. Look, as we always say in Miss Fist, AK, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. But I thought that our team here would weed out the no. cheaters like you. And that's not what they did. They well. allowed you to cheat your way to a title. You are uh, the Aljamain Sterling of, of this oh, th- promotion. Thank you. Thank you. And I... I am. Uh, I don't even like Peter Yan, so I'm not sure why I went on that. That was the one I picked, but you get the <laughs> point. Uh, I should have won. This is trash, uh, but I am a man of my word. Can you? And yeah. So you pick, pick yourself a tag team partner, and me I, and Fernando will put the pause okay. on you. We'll, we'll give you that word. Jed, can you do one? Can you do one thing for me? Cyril Gun. Cyril Gun. No, I'm doing nothing to you now other than training <laughs> to whip that ass next week when I get Nanda by my side to D up our belts. Oh man, I love this. A mystery tag. It's 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 tag titles on the line. We get Jed and Fernanda versus AK and a mystery partner. This is amazing. And that's all gonna go down next week, right here on Between the Links. We are getting out of here. Big shout out and thank you. To all of you for watching and listening to the program. Next week's going to be a big one. Tag titles and right before UFC 264. In fact, 
right before the UFC 264 press conference featuring the notable names on this card, Connor and Poirier and Thompson and Burns. Should be an electric episode. So we'll see you then. So for Casey, Jed, a.k.a. I am Mike Heck. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next week between the links. Good night, everybody. This has been Between the Links, an MMA fighting production on the Vox Media Network. Happy birthday, AK! It's my birthday! It's my birthday! You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.